Welcome to the Think Podcast. I'm Joel Sedicase. And I'm Pastor Rafe. Rafe, how are you doing today, man? Doing good. I'm doing great. I had a great day, actually. I was downtown getting to share a little bit of the faith with folks downtown in the Loop, Chicago. Man, we had a good day today. It was hot out there. <laughs> we had some good conversations with folks, so I'm, I'm feeling good today. Dude, uh, so you're at home in Chicago. I'm on the road right now. Um, my my wife and I are, um, well, as you know, we're missionaries. We're down here visiting supporters and, and meeting with um, potential ministry partners and things like that. So we're keeping busy. But, but dude, you got to just tell us really quick what happened today when you were downtown. You know, it was, I've been trying to get out downtown. As a pastor, my, my heart, my desire is to equip every Christian that's at our church to be bold in their faith and to know how to make disciples who make disciples. In fact, that's the phrase that I work with, make disciples who make disciples. Uh, and so one of the things that's just so hard for folks to do is to share the gospel. And so what I try to do is I try to get out there just for myself. I love sharing the gospel. I, I like to share as often as I can, but I try to have intentional times to get downtown and go with folks from our church to learn how to, how do you share the gospel? What do you say? How do you start a conversation? How do you keep it going? How do you probe for more? Anyway, it's gotten a great conversation uh, right towards the second half of our time downtown. Uh, had only had one great conversation before then, and it was it was it was okay. The guy kind of left uh, quickly before I really got a chance to share the gospel. So we prayed, and the Lord led us to just a wonderful young guy uh, in his early uh, no mid twenties, mid to upper twenties. Um, but he was just ready for the gospel. Uh, the Lord had really already been pursuing him. I feel like he had an idea of Christ. He had a he had been opening his Bible and reading, and we really got to put the pieces together for him. And we just had a great conversation. And so got to pray with him, got to, uh, I believe, pray with him for the first time to really receive Jesus. And um, and he's just he was pumped. He was looking for what church did he get pu- plugged into. Uh, so he lives on another part of the city. So I recommended a good, a good brother's church, but he might end up coming back to ours just because built a relationship with him. But I'll tell you what, you know, it is for a follower of Christ— to get to share the love of Christ with somebody else and then to see somebody else have their eyes go like, oh, yeah, that's good. Like they start to get it. That is one of the great joys of the Christian faith is to allow others to share in the treasure that you have. And so it was a good morning. That is a great morning. Yeah. Dude, Ray, man, brother, that is, that's what it's all about right there. And, um, you know, the Bible says, um, whoever, Whoever saves souls is wise, or whoever captures souls is wise. Mm. There's this, there's a certain level of wisdom that has to go into knowing how to have those conversations, knowing how to stand on God's truth and convey that to others, how to sh- uh, explain, share, and defend the Christian message, and answer those impossible questions, bro. That's what we're trying to do on Worldview Wednesdays on the Think Podcast. That's, that's what it. it's all about, you know. And we know at the end of the day, it's God's word, it's God's Holy Spirit. We know that that new brother was predestined before the creation of the world to have that conversation with you downtown. And um, it's just yeah, so incredible cool. to see, you know, the the message of the cross, the message of, hey, lay down your life. <laughs> You're a sinner. Lay down your life. Jesus will forgive you and give you new life. It's such a crazy message to the world. And so when someone believes it, we, we know it's not because we are eloquent or persuasive. It's because the Holy Spirit gave us wisdom and, and regenerated that person's heart. So, dude, it's it's very encouraging, man. It's so encouraging to see that. 
Well, I, honestly, Joel, I, I, I say this regularly. You're you're kind of my uh, a bash brother in this stuff for me. I feel like you you do such a great job of talking to folks who are either far from Christ. I, I just frankly, I love this whole show. I love when you do uh, debates with atheists on here, just because it's so good to watch another brother engage and to see. Oh, that's how you. Okay, I see how you showed compassion there and listened and asked good questions. And so much of evangelism, Joel, you know this. It's about listening well. I mean, people have stories, people have real hearts, they have real minds, and they're thinking people, they have so much brokenness they're carrying around with them. And if you just ask the right questions and are willing to listen with like a, a biblical heart, uh, God, he gets, he, he opens up great conversations. So He does. And that's actually a really good segue to our topic today. So our, our topic today deals with an issue that is very deeply personal, that yeah. is that is um, a, really a heart and a soul issue for just about everybody. Mm-hmm. Because now, because we're dealing with the topic, well, let's put it up on the screen here. So if you're, if you're watching this later, or if you're listening to this later, right now, we are in the middle of what is known as Pride Month. Actually, we're toward the, the end. Actually, we just, you know what, Rafe? It's, it's July 1st. We actually just finished Pride Month. Now that I think about it, because well, we're, we're doing a good wrap up then. That's right. Exactly. So, well, with everything else that's happening in the world right now, attention was kind of brought away from what was historically Pride Month, month of June. So, correct. And even the the Pride Parade in Chicago, the city where we both live, was was canceled, and then it was sort of reimagined as Black Trans Lives Matter, and uh, it was sort of an affirmation of really what we would say is the dignity of all people especially people who who um have a claim to a certain level of um uh, oppression and being downtrodden and things like that and so um yeah i think it's i think i think it's a good time to do a wrap up on that and you know rafe can can we just give the necessary disclaimer here at the beginning that Neither one of us was really looking forward to doing this episode. I, I think. Like, yeah. I mean, go ahead. Well, just you know, in the sense of like, man, we're gonna we're gonna do this, and we think this is important. We think this is a uh, necessary topic, and we think it's going to be helpful to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But there's a certain level of fear and trepidation that comes with this because we know that we need to stay very. Uh, straight. Sorry to use the term, but we need to see stay right on the the, the straight and narrow here. Keep things very biblical and not interject a lot of our own personal opinions and personal emotions into it. I think mm. once we start to do that, we start to stray from the purpose of this show, which is to help believers live out a biblical worldview in real time in the real world. Would yeah. you say that that's accurate? Yeah. And, and, you know, Joel, this is a, the topic of shepherding your child's heart. This is an area where uh, you, uh, and again, I, I like boasting on you because I think you do a great job on some of this stuff, but you've done a, you do a lot of work on this. I feel like in terms of your communication, I know you put together your own catechism for uh, catechizing your children, which by the way, uh, I've been trying to catechize my children for the last year. It's a great effort. Do it to all parents of, of children. A catechism is a very simple tool to teach the basics of the Christian faith to your children, and they'll never forget them. And frankly, as parents, uh, when you're teaching these questions and answers to your children, oftentimes you end up learning them, and they end up going into your heart as well. And so, uh, yeah, th- this the, the big picture here of shepherding your child's heart 
is at the center of it, of the conversation. How do we do this well? And then specifically, as we come through any number of different cultural issues or, or, or uh, cultural moments that we're going to navigate with our children. We're parents, and our job is to disciple our children. And uh, we don't want to run away. We don't want to cower from difficult conversations or uncomfortable conversations. We want to really shape our kids' worldview and, and give them the love of Christ and teach them well at appropriate ages. And so uh, this is, I, I, I hope, even though this is an uncomfortable conversation, um, my heart with it is, is kind of twofold as we jump into this. One, I've been a pastor now for, uh, in some degree, coming on seven years, so a little over six years. And this is a conversation in Chicago. I've jumped right into this many times. Uh, both with folks who either are gay or are um, considering, like kind of like on the fence of where they are, and most folks who uh, most folks who are gay and are coming to me as a pastor um, are are just carrying a ton, a ton of weight with them of pain that they've experienced in their life. Now, this is not the point of the conversation today, but I, I'm saying this by way of preface of how I approach this conversation today. And man, it is, it is always a joy for me to get to jump into someone's life with them and look to Jesus and open the scriptures and talk about the heart and talk about relationships. And, and the, Bible, the Bible does provide us with clarity on the topic of homosexuality, right? We, we, we know what the Bible says, that homosexuality is a sin. But the story doesn't just stop there, right? That's not the, that's not the whole message. Right. The message is there's a God who loves sinners like us who has done something about it through the gospel of Jesus Christ, and he rewires hearts, he gives us entire new minds for Christ. And, and it, is, it is a joy for me to get to jump into this conversation. It's also very difficult. And so I say that to say as a preface, we don't jump into any of these conversations lightly, Joel. We pray about what we do. And when we're coming into a conversation like this, it's never, man, the heart is always pastoral knowing that there's a lot of things wound around this conversation and we want to help guide through it in a way that is both compassionate and biblically clear. Uh, and with this one particularly, uh, to help parents, Christian parents really think through the implications of living in a big city like Chicago, especially where um, this conversation is kind of right in front of you on every corner. And so that's a bit of my heart as I think about today. I, I hope that my friends who are either gay or my friends who are uh, I've had conversations about this with would look in on an episode like this and say like I feel like I feel like I was pastored well through this conversation That's my heart as I come to this right even if I don't agree with everything they say at least I can see this is what the Bible teaches Right if I'm gonna take the if if I'm gonna be friends with Christians I'm gonna have to expect them to have a biblical worldview, right? You got it. Just so so consider this two Christian guys I mean, we've got multiple aims here the primary one being shepherding your children helping parents shepherd your children But at the end of the day man, we're two Christian guys trying to follow Jesus trying to do what, mm -hmm. what Jesus wants us to do and I want to put one more cherry on top of the the uh, beautiful uh, Ideological ice cream sundae you just built up there Rafe uh, and that's and that's this when we have these conversations, we do not approach them as the world has these conversations. We don't approach them in the same way. Here's what I mean by that. Every religious and philosophical or um, ethical system in the world says this. There's something wrong with you or there's something wrong with the world and the way you fix it 
is by straightening out your behavior. Even mm. Jordan Peterson, whom I love, I benefited from a ton, my brother Parker and I and our Sons of Thunder episodes, man, we're walking through his book. But at the end of the day, he is a behavioralist. Mm. Clean up your room. You know, get your life in perfect order. He's a behavioralist. As Christians, we are not behavioralists. Mm-hmm. We're, we're grace, gracists. <laughs> Which, and I said, there's a hard G on the front of that. We're gra, 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 gracists. <laughs> we, we, you know, we've got people who watch this and look for us to slip up. That's why I have to put that out there. We, um, we are people who believe not that we're better than anybody else, man, far mm-hmm. from it. I guarantee you this, Rafe. I'm the biggest sinner I know. And well, I, I can verify know. that, Joel. I mean, I, and you can get verify that I I'm the biggest sinner. I know. I keep a list, and you are literally like it's right at the bottom of that list. It's, it's you know what, and I appreciate that because for, for it was for a while it was neck and neck for the two of us, and I I shot back yes. up. You know, dude, it's it's um so so all that being said, what we want to do is we want to call right now we want to call Christians to a a level of biblical faithfulness that we believe is scriptural knowing though knowing that there are people who are listening in who Mm -hmm. disagree with us and we want to approach this in a meek and humble way meek Mm -hmm. in terms of not putting ourselves up as the authority humble in terms of being respectful to all but also humble towards our approach to god's word Mm -hmm. man we didn't we didn't write the bible we're not defending our our doctoral thesis here Right. We're not, you know, this is something that we inherited, that we are passing on to the next generation, that we want other Christians to be able to pass on as well. And there's a verse that comes to my mind, Rafe, which is Ephesians 6, 4. And I'm going to read it in the CSB. Here's what it says. Fathers, don't stir up anger in your children, but bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Yep. That word, the word that's used there in the original Greek in which that was written is paideia. Paideia was a technical term in the Roman Empire. It was what fathers taught their children. It was the body of, let's say, patriotic doctrine that helped their children become good Roman citizens. Mm. So what Paul is telling dads to do is to train their children up, Christian children, not in the paideia of the world. The world's going to take care of that. Yep. And we're going to talk about some examples of that. But rather to bring your children up in the paideia of God. What is it going to take for your kids to be good citizens of the kingdom of Christ? Whether that kingdom is more or less visible at any particular point in history. Now we believe God is growing that kingdom. Right. So it's it's always a good investment to teach your kids to be good citizens in the kingdom of God because the kingdom of God is growing. Right. Even right. if it's and, yeah. even if it's it's not always visible. Sorry. Go ahead. No. And what you just said is so great. And and to kind of jump into this a little bit, what's so important for parents to realize this is critical. Culture is not neutral. Right. If if we do not disciple our children, and if we do not shape a biblical worldview for our kids, and we take the hard time and the hard effort to show them how Jesus is reigning over all things and how all things are in submission to him, if we don't do that, then culture will disciple our children. It's one or the other. It's not there's a neutral where we just, we, we, you know, I, I, I've heard people say, I just want to try to like give my child a blank slate. No such thing as a blank slate. Right. It's either you disciple your children or culture disciples your children. And if you're leaving it in the hands of culture, you better know what they're saying. 
because if you're a Christian, culture is really pushing a very opposite message. And what you're going to see today is they're targeting that message towards children. And so literally there is, there is an actual agenda. It's kind of like the old, you know, there's the old story when they used to um, target cigarettes to children. Remember back in like the late 80s, the early 90s, when there would be like commercials that would play and there were actual characters that were developed to promote cigarettes to the young children and to, to get it in their mind that it was cool. And there was a whole backlash among that. But the, that concept continues. Culture is not neutral towards your children. Culture wants to win your children to their worldview. And so they're targeting them. And it's the Christian parent's job to shepherd your child's heart. Um, I always... Uh, go, go ahead. Sorry, you're about to jump in. Well, all I wanted to do, Raven, just because we're on a, somewhat of a limited time today, I wanted to look at a couple of examples of exactly what you just said. Yeah. And then, and then just talk about... How do we prepare our kids to deal with this? This is not going to be a treatise on homosexuality, same-sex marriage, gay pride. It's going to be specifically aimed at Christian parents who want to guide their kids when their kids are driving, you know, when you're taking the family trip downtown mm -hmm. and you see the great big, you know, rainbow flag or you drive up um, North Halstead Street and you see the, uh, the rainbow road signs everywhere. Um, and you know, they've got the same thing in Atlanta. They've got the, the rainbow, um, uh, gay pride, um, crosswalks and mm -hmm. every, every city, any, any city has got these things right now. So we want to, we're, we're not going to, uh, well, let's, you know, let's, so let's, one of the things, my, one of the things our family's got in the habit of doing, and we got, you know, I got young kids, so I got a six year old, I got two, four year olds, twins. And, uh, one of the things we've got in the habit of doing is, um, you know, the rainbow before the rainbow means what the culture believes it means today, God took the rainbow and he applied meaning to it. And he, he, he established the actual meaning of that rainbow back in the book of Genesis. And it's one of the great promises of scripture that frankly, in our day today, when we're facing, you know, whatever we're facing in the world, pandemics, uh, it's a really great promise. And the promise is that God would never flood the earth again, which means that no matter how bad the storm gets, no matter how bad the rain is, the other night we had a rainstorm. I thought the, the roof of our house was going to blow off. It was crazy. But it was great when my little girl ran upstairs to be able to say, remember, God promised he'd never flood the earth again. This rainstorm will come to an end. And there will be a rainbow that reminds you of that promise from God. And so one of the habits that my, our kids have gotten in the habit of is whenever we drive by a rainbow flag in the city, we take it as an opportunity to remind our children of the promise in Scripture of that rainbow. And we almost kind of redeem the flag in a sense and say, kids, what, remind me, what it, what's God's rainbow for? And awesome. it's such a great moment to go back to the book of Genesis and shape your child's worldview. And, and one of the fun things about it is, especially during the month of June, you do that on almost every corner because <laughs> there's a lot of rainbow flags out. Right. And so you have a lot of opportunities to go back to scripture. Go ahead. Right. No, that is a great example. The rainbow flags that are up, there are, um, there, there are other examples. You know, for example, if your kids, you and I were talking about before the show, if your kids watch Nickelodeon or if they watch uh, Disney, um, you know, really any of the Disney channels, they're going to be, they're going to be exposed to this as well. Um, I remember last week or the week before, I remember seeing on Twitter, there was a a um, a Nickelodeon uh, Nickelodeon had tweeted out sort of a Happy Pride Month, and um, one of the characters that it was implied was a homosexual was SpongeBob, 
Mm. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's, it, listen, SpongeBob, yeah. I don't even know if sponges are actually male or female, right? They're, they're sponges. I think they might even be asexual. But, but the, the implication was clear. Um, Nickelodeon is, uh, is friendly toward this, this movement. Mm. And, um, and so parents do have to learn how to navigate this. And Rafe, I'm going to go ahead and I'm, I'm going to throw something out there. I think that there are two approaches to this. We're going to continue to look at a couple more examples before we wrap up. But the, um, when, when you are confronted with an, uh, an outlet that you have trusted your children with, and now they are making, here's the thing, Rafe. If a bunch of Nickelodeon execs support homosexuality, same sex marriage, but it never makes it through into their um, programming. You know, what, wh- why, and you have to think, well, why would it? If we're talking about sexual preference, sexual orientation, why would a kid's show address that anyway? I think well, you and that's, that. that's, that's a huge thing right there, Joel. One of the biggest problems with this right now, so last week that you referenced the commercials on Disney and Nickelodeon. Right, let's talk about that, yeah. Yeah, they, there were specific commercials that came out that targeted, uh, in during children's shows, so children of all age, it was uh, one was during I think it was a Disney show, is TV Y seven, which is for seven years old and up, and one was TV G, which is for all ages. It was a celebration of Pride Month, and I, before it's an issue of uh, Pride, LGBTQ Pride, or anything like that. Just to think about what is happening that it, during a commercial aimed at my four year olds. They're having conversation, they're having commercials aired celebrating particular sexual preferences. That's, it's very disturbing. Whether or not it was an LGBTQ or anything like that, just the fact that there's commercials that are, that are focused in on celebrating particular sexual preferences at, at young children, that raises a big flag for me as a parent. Uh, you know, I want to I want to push back on that a little bit, Rafe. Just a little bit, yeah. Because because if it was a celebration of moms and dads, I'm I'm great with that. I love that. I love I love seeing um, you know a, a, a strong nuclear family. You might what you might call the the traditional family. I love seeing that represented on TV on media. I think that's actually wonderful to see that. Um, and and but obviously you and I would both agree what goes into a, a familiar relationship, a mom and a dad, husband and wife, there's a heck of a lot more than just the the physical or the sexual relationship. Right. Um and so, you know, for for me as I'm as I'm seeing these commercials and I watched the Disney one with Raven, uh Raven Simone, where she literally starts out. She starts out the video. I mean, she's not subtle about it. She straight up says, uh, we're in a new age. We're in a new age. Rafe, if that doesn't tell you that there's an agenda, I mean, you you have to, at a certain point, you have to either be willing to admit that or you really have to just, you know, be willfully ignorant. And I don't mean that in a cruel way. Um, but my, my point is this, as Christians, we have an agenda too, and I don't think we should pretend that we don't. And right. our agenda is not to oppress anybody our agenda is actually freedom in christ and so we what we want our children to understand is the world has its agenda and its message but true freedom for you kids 
and for anyone who believes comes through repenting of sin, whatever that sin may be, and trusting in Jesus Christ. And I, I believe with all my heart that the best way to prepare your kids to see that message, whether it's on Nickelodeon, whether it's on Disney, whether it's the rainbow flag, is to be training your kids in the biblical worldview Mm -hmm. robustly, like you were saying you were doing, and it's hard work, but it's good, investing that that biblical truth in your kids on a daily basis. And I mean daily, Rafe. One of the things we've aspired to do with our kids is family worship every day. And Dan Osborne really got me uh, keyed in on that with his book by Donald Whitney called Family Worship. And so we've been doing family worship with our kids. And guess what we've been doing? Guess what we've been reading for family worship? And I know this sounds like a tangent, but I promise it's related. We've been reading through the book of Judges. Oh, wow. And one of the reasons that we started in Joshua and Joshua and Judges is kind of like the Lord of the Rings of the Bible. (laughs) You know, it's like, (laughs) like, like, uh, like all these epic battles. But one of the things that happens when you read Judges Oh man, you read about, you want to talk about dysfunction, even sexual dysfunction. It's right. there, man. And, and it's, it's linked with idolatry. It's linked with not having a king. And even, even the kings that they eventually get are, uh, a type and a shadow of the true king, which is Jesus. And so what we've been doing, Rafe, and I know you do this with your girls as well, is whenever we come across that dysfunction in the Bible, yeah. it's in the Bible, we have to read it. We have to, so they, our kids are introduced to this stuff in the Bible before they ever see it in the world. That's great. And what we do is we say, kids is, let's talk about this. Is this right or wrong? We start there. (laughs) What just happened? Is this right right or wrong? And sometimes, listen, sometimes they know what dad wants to hear. Yeah, it's right. Or or, or it's wrong. It's right. Sometimes they don't know. Well, it's good. Okay, let's talk about it. And we, we don't just stop with the, is this right or is this wrong? Is this good or is this bad? It's always, what is what does God teach about this issue? What is uh, what's what's at the heart of how God wants us to live? What how does God handle sin? It's mm-hmm. a, and it's a direct connection back to the cross. Just like yep. Charles Spurgeon said, he makes a beeline for the cross in every text. And then it's it's um it's now how do we live in light of this? And man, we don't get to all those steps every time. But by the time they see that rainbow flag flying, by the time they see uh, a character w- talking about you know, they're two dads, something like that. Mm-hmm. And this is why I don't always, I don't necessarily talk about a boycott and I have no problem with a boycott, Rafe. But if you boycott one, it's like the, the, the seven headed Hydra, it's going to come up somewhere else. So before you boycott, you need to have taught your kids how to deal with these things. So that's mm-hmm. really, that's the best advice I have for parents is be reading the Bible and don't shy away from those hard passages. Now yeah. I will say there are some passages we won't read to them before bed. Like last night, my wife and I, we, the next passage of Judges was like, we're not reading this to them before bed because we don't want them to have those dreams. But, Damn. but, you know, we'll save that for the, the daytime. But, um, but you gotta let them encounter it in scripture first because they're going to encounter it in the world. So that's a long-winded way of getting to that point. Well, it's also a great way of teaching on the sufficiency of Scripture, isn't it? I mean, just <laughs> that all you need to, to train your kids and all you need to teach your kids is the sufficiency of Scripture. You don't need any other book. It's got everything right in there. Amen. And Bill, I'm with you. Everyday worship with the family. We try, and actually I missed today. You're, you're bringing the conviction of the Spirit on me today. Uh, but we try to do every morning before school or every morning before I head out for work. Uh, we sing a worship song together. Uh, we pray together and we read a story from the Bible together and we talk about Jesus. And so, but again, it's that every day, it's it's get in that rhythm that every day your children know this. One of the things that's been so helpful for me 
it's a little tool that uh, I think I picked up from that Ted Tripp book, Shepherding a Child's Heart. Um, great, great book on parenting. But one of the things he says in there is he, he walks through what's the role of the parent and how do you take disciplined moments to really form a biblical worldview in your kids. And, and so what we've done ever since our kids were real little is whenever they do something that's disobedient to us, we'll, I'll pull the kid over. I've trained them what to say and they know it, but I'm forming this in their heart is they'll come over and they'll say, I'll say, uh, sweetheart, what's, what's your job? <laughs> what's your, what's your main job? And they'll say to listen and obey mom and dad. So now what they know at this point is I'm their authority. God, and that's right. biblical. God has made me and their mom their authority. Uh, me as the head of the house, Sarah and me as leaders of the family, shepherding these children. And now they know they submit to me. Why? Because Ephesians 6.1 says, children, listen and obey your parents so that it will go well with you and you'll live long in the land. So I'll say to them, that's right, because Ephesians 6.1 says, children, listen and obey your parents so it will go well with you and you'll live long in the land. And then I'll look to them and I'll say, all right, sweetheart, what's daddy's job? And then they'll look to me and they'll say, to listen and obey Jesus. And, and I say, that's, that's right. That's, that's right. Good. I say, we all listen and obey somebody. You guys listen and obey me. And if you do that, it's going to go well for you. You're, you're, you're not going to make some of the mistakes that you might make otherwise. And if I listen and obey Jesus, then it's going to go well for our family. And we're not going to fall into some of those same traps. And what that's enabled us to do is whenever we're instructing our children, we're kind of making this chain where they're seeing everyone plays a part and I'm being consistent. What I'm asking of them, I'm holding myself accountable to as well in some way before the Lord. And so they can see what the longer vision looks like. And so all that to say, when you're navigating tough cultural conversations with your kids and trying to form biblical worldviews through something like Pride Month, and you're trying to educate, not necessarily run away from it, it's not just instruction to the child. That's a big piece of it. We have to instruct and go to the Bible. Then they need to see that work its way all the way through the right way to do things through their mom and dad. They need to have the vision set for them and instructed. And then they need to say why their mom and dad do it the way they do on the biblical grounds. And here's the thing. Kids can take so much more than we think they can. Yeah. So much more. If you look at, I remember I preached on uh, Mary's The Magnificat a while ago. It's the prayer Mary prays after she finds out she's pregnant, right? This amazing prayer. And all through there, there's so much theology. I mean, that prayer is full of theology. She was a young, young teenager at the time when she said that. And I remember looking at the congregation and being church, saying, Church, our kids can do way more than we have been instructing them in. Amen. They can handle theology. And so we have to be starting at a young age. You know something, dude? I just read this morning. I read Proverbs 1 with my kids all the way through. And there's this great, one of the things I love about Proverbs, it's great for discipling your kids because all through it, it says, my son, my child, listen to this. It's a father's instructions for your kids. So you can quote, you can read it and suddenly you're incredibly wise because you're mm -hmm. literally reading this amazing wisdom from King Solomon, the philosopher king, you know? <laughs> like right. He's very wise. So Proverbs 1, 8 and 9, I'll tell you what I, I, what I read and then what their reaction was to it. My child, now I'm reading in the ICB, which is the International Children's Bible. I highly recommend that if you have young kids. I like the CSB for my own readings. I like the NASB when I want to really, you know, get, get, uh, uh, you know, a little more literal translation, but the ICB is wonderful for kids. Here's what it says. My child, listen to your father's teaching and do not forget your mother's advice. Their teaching will beautify your life. 
It will be like flowers in your hair or a chain around your neck. So I read that. My girls instantly knew what was going on. Yeah, flowers in the hair. Hey, that's pretty. That's beautiful, right? My son Jacob, though, is like, what? He's like, uh, a chain around your neck. Well, that, that doesn't sound good. A chain. Oh, wait. A chain around your neck. That makes you look cool. <laughs> and I'm like, exactly. So you see, you, uh, so I, I was struck as I was reading this by how the Bible doesn't just give advice. It actually gives warnings. Mm-hmm. And, in, and in this passage, it says that if you listen to godly advice from your parents, it will beautify your life. But if you continue reading, it gives a stern warning if you fall mm-hmm. away. Mm-hmm. And, and how if you, if you, if you pursue evil, it'll actually turn around and bite you. It'll trap you. And so as I'm reading, I'm filled with concern for my own kids. Um, Rafe, how many young kids raised in the church, you know, 75% of them leave the church at some point. About half of those come back. Maybe 75% of those come back. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking about my own kids and I'm praying, Lord, let my kids be those kids who always walk with you. Yes. Who always walk in that wisdom. That's and the prayer every night. Every yes, night, may they yes. never turn away from you. May they just follow. My prayer for my kids, I've said since they were kids, since they were little, uh, was, Lord, may they never remember a day in their life where they did not know you. Dude, so I as pray the far same back thing. as their memory is, will it always be a memory of walking with Jesus? Because you know why? I want them to avoid some of the pain I went through in my life because of foolish yeah. decisions I made between the ages of, you know, under the age of 18 when I came to know Jesus. Like, I want them to, I don't want them to have those bad experiences and scars. I want them to have a life of following Christ the whole time. Totally. And so I pray the same thing, man. Um, so if we're, if we're going to distill what we've been talking about here, Mm -hmm. we've got, look, the world has an agenda. There's no way around it. And man, where where do you think you live? You know, you live this side of Genesis three, that's where you live. And you live this side of Christ's return, right? The world has an agenda. We would be so foolish to ignore that as christian parents come on and it's not just homosexuality and 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 issues of pride month it's across the board there is no section of life that is untouched by the world's agenda so we're not we're just talking about lgbtq stuff because this is the month where we celebrate where everyone celebrates that you know we could talk about anything man now you go to romans one and we see how how um how dangerous these issues are and we go to mark 9 and we see how jesus says whoever causes a child who believes in me to stumble it'd be better if he had a millstone a giant stone tied around his throat and thrown into the sea so right. we we get that this is important but at the end of the day man we're not here to to um rip on one one type of sin or one type of person or anything like that what we're here to do is this we're here to identify the church is living in a world the big C church is living in a world where there is an agenda. Mm-hmm. We need to be teaching our kids the Bible, teaching them the biblical worldview. Let them see it in scripture first. Let them know that just like they have to obey the Lord, mom and dad do too. Mm-hmm. Be living that out and be praying for our kids. I mean, Rafe, I, now we haven't really said it, but there is a obviously a very strong place for determining what shows you're going to let your kids interact with, what video games, what comic books, you know, I've, we've got boys, so we do comic books and you know what, um, not the girls, girls can like comic books too. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Before anybody jumps on me, uh, 
we well, this can... is such a huge this is such a huge conversation. I mean, the yes, the, you brought it to a point a while ago. We this last few weeks we saw Nickelodeon and Disney. I think it was the first time during chill. They, they've aired stuff on like their Facebook page and social media, but this time they actually aired a live commercial during programming aimed at children. Okay, that's that's a big deal. So let's just. No matter what side of the conversation, no matter what your faith background is, everyone can say that's a big first, right? We're we're aiming this material at children in a live setting where parents don't necessarily have the choice to like pre-watch it beforehand. Um, but you brought it up before. What do we do? Do do we then say, okay, we're no more Disney, no more Nickelodeon, or do we educate our kids? And there's honestly, Joel, I think there's a wisdom factor in here. For for me, I look at this and I say, okay. I, I do want to have a very tight control over the programming that's coming to my kids. I know I can't control everything. My kids get very little screen time as it is. I mean, they, they barely get any screen time, these poor kids. I probably should give them more. But I, when I do give them screen time, sure, are there, are there, uh, do, do, I, do I hope that there's good Christian programming that they can watch? Of course. And do I want to try to filter them towards that if I, if I come across that? Of course. But I'm going to be very, very choosy on what they see. So, for example, I just for me, when I when I come across some shows where a child constantly has a bad attitude towards their parent, or is like naggy or whiny, I don't want my kid watching that show at all. I don't want right. that in my house, right. honestly. honestly, because here's what happens: is the ch- they learn from these shows behavior. And then all of a sudden I see it sneaking out and I'm going, where did you think you can talk to me like that? Or where do you think you could talk to your mom like that? What is happening? Oh, wait, I let you watch that show. I, so I taught it to you. That's where that came from. Right. So it's on me for letting that right. programming in. It's good. So, so now as a parent, I have a responsibility. I have to watch the programming. I have to be aware of what they're seeing, understand the themes, and be able to navigate. There's no perfect show, right? I mean, there, there's literally not a perfect show. So you have to, at some point, be able to educate your kids. And we've said this before, you know, when Paul, we, we talk about Paul when he goes to Athens. Paul didn't walk through Athens with, like, his eyes blinded saying, I can't look at anything. I, I don't want to see anything. He, he, he looked at all the idols, and then he used his biblical wisdom to draw clarity in the midst of the idols and find Christ and find how to communicate that. And we really have to do that with kids. And so what I would say is we need to have a firm control over what our kids are watching not just let any garbage in, but also I don't think we can be so afraid that they're going to see something that's a little out of our worldview. We, we do have to educate them how to live in this world. And sometimes, sometimes what is actually something that's out of our worldview gives us an opportunity to train and educate our children and give them and show them where we're Christians. That's something I say to my girls all the time. Hey, look, the world doesn't think like we do. We're Chenneries. You're a Chennery girl. That's what I say to my girls. Chenry yeah. girls believe that Jesus is king and that that's wrong. Not all, the, not all the families in the world think the same way we do. And that's okay. That's okay. But we think we're working that, on that too. And we're working on that. We, and then they'll say, can we pray for them? Yeah. <laughs> I said, let's do it right now. That's good. So that's, Dude, that's, that's good. That's I kind of where I land on this. Yeah, no, I, I, that's very good. I say the same thing to my boys, you know, set of cases, do this, set of cases, do that. Right. And that's, and I think that's really um, important. Uh, Rafe, solid stuff, man. Um, I think, uh, look, this has been this has been a shorter episode. There's um, there's a lot more we could say, but you know, in the in the interest of time, 
Um, I think uh, I think we should begin to bring this to a close. But you mentioned Shepherding a Child's Heart by Ted Tripp. Mm-hmm. And I want to heartily commend that to anybody as well. I believe you can get the lectures for free on iTunes U, at least you used to be able to. And there's the book. If you're listening on the audio, Rafe is holding it up. It's Shepherding a Child's Heart. It's got um, uh, two two hands holding hands on the cover. It's by Ted Tripp, T-E-D-D-T-R-I-P-P. The man loves double letters, Ted Tripp. And, <laughs> or his parents did. And, uh, it's, it's a great, great resource. And hearing his lectures on that is very good yeah, as well. Very good. Um, at the end of the day, man, we, we protect our kids, we teach our kids. And I am so grateful. And I just want to throw this last piece out there. There's this silly criticism. I can call it silly because it is of the Bible. And I just saw it the other day on Facebook where some, some, uh, atheist or skeptic was going, Oh yeah, uh, you should really read the Bible. And then he lists like this horrible part of the Bible where, um, uh, well, Lot, I'll just say Lot and his daughters after the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. That's all I'll say in case any kids are listening. Yep. Not and a great moment. He goes, yeah, re- make sure you read that part. <laughs> like, oh, the Bible is such a grotesque book. It's like, no, here's what you don't understand. Those things are in the Bible because that is the world that we live in. Right. And while you might look at that and say that's disgusting, the people of Sodom didn't think that was disgusting. Mm. And there's plenty of things that the Bible calls disgusting and wrong that you don't think are disgusting. So if we're going to, if we're going to read the Bible, we're going to encounter these things. The Bible does not sugarcoat anything, but the Bible provides a plumb line, a baseline for dividing, uh, for discerning between right and wrong. And the Bible is such an amazing resource because it has stories like Lot and because it has stories like um like Abraham mm-hmm. and like King David and Solomon where there is no hero in the Bible other than Jesus Christ. Other than Jesus. So yeah. so yes read the story of Lot. Yes read the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. Yes read Romans 1. And while you're at it read about how Paul the greatest saint we have other than you know obviously he's the greatest saint non non Christ uh, how he used to persecute Christians. There's no hero. Jesus is the hero. Always direct your kids toward Jesus Christ. Read the whole Bible and, uh, and then go out boldly into the world and share Jesus Christ with your neighbors, whatever their sexual orientation is, whatever their, um, you know, watch, watch that ad from Ra- Raven Simone where she says we can gather together with people of all different, you know, walks of life and colors and orientations and stuff. Listen, guess what? What she's describing is exactly what happens in the church because we lay down our burdens, Mm -hmm. we lay down our sins, we lay down all the things we took pride in and we come to the foot of the cross and we say, Jesus, I belong to you and me and all these other people. We all belong to that category that Paul says in 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11, such were some of you. And we all get to come to Jesus and man, we we are none of us deserve to be in the kingdom of God, but Jesus loves us that much that he died for us. Yeah. And that's where we bring our kids to. And that's yeah. how we, I think, Amen. I think that's how we shepherd our kids through pride it's month good. and every month. It's good, Joel. Good. I don't have much more to add on to that, man. You, you wrapped it up well. Rafe, uh, how can people get in touch with you? Follow your stuff. Oh boy. You always ask me that. Let's see. I keep a blog, rafechenry.com. I'm the pastor down at Park Community Church in the South Loop. So uh, our stuff's on the Park Community Church website. Uh, YouTube, all the videos. I'm, I've been putting out men's ministry material, so we're on week five right now with 10. 
So that's coming out all on YouTube as well. So, uh, but rafechennery.com, that's probably where you can find the, uh, uh, my writing and, and stuff like that. Awesome. If you dropped a comment, we didn't get to hand, we didn't get to uh, respond to it. Um, apologies. We're trying to keep things a little tight here in terms of time. Connect with the Think Institute by going to thethink.institute. Listen to all the Think podcast episodes by going to thethink.institute slash podcast. Subscribe there. And while you're at it, leave us an honest five-star rating and review. If you're watching on Facebook, like this video and um, follow our page for more great content. And uh, if you're watching on YouTube, please like this video, subscribe to our channel, and make sure you hit that bell so that you catch all of our episodes because we're pumping this stuff out multiple times a week. Worldview Wednesday is every single Wednesday. And I'll tell you what, this is not goodbye. This has just been a little pit stop along the way of your spiritual journey. We sure hope you found something helpful. And until next time, I hope it made you think. Bye. <laughs>